How's it going, man? Good. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's Tuesday. We're chilling in your kitchen, recording a podcast. First episode of the Life Outside podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a blast. We both have a love for the outdoors. So that's what kind of brings us here in this moment right now. Uh, we're sitting here. The beer of the week, that's going to be a thing, I think. Um, Absolutely. Is the Evolve Double IPA by Progression Brewing Company just down the road in Northampton, Massachusetts. If you are from Western Massachusetts or New England, check them out. They're the homies. Love them. No free ads, but love them. <laughs> yeah, no free ads, but we are regulars. Um, definitely an underrated beer as far as I'm concerned, especially since Treehouse had to move in the neighborhood, but they're a strong competitor, but you guys got to go over there. I believe they're on Pearl Street in Northampton. Um, definitely go there, catch out some live music, some great food and drink. But yeah, no free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Now, we just love helping out the uh, local businesses and stuff like that, so... I guess we should probably introduce why we're here today. Um, I recently was on a podcast with a few of my friends, Seth Macy and Aaron Manis. Shout out to them, The Photographer Mindset. Great podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened already, go check it out. Uh, they're both great dudes, even if you're not a photographer. It's always really good conversation. But with that, Austin reached out to me and was like, dude, when are we starting a podcast? And I was like, oh man, I don't even know what to talk about. And he's like, dude, we both like the outdoors. What are we doing here? Yeah, not only that, I think just being outside in general, you know, I don't get to, now that I'm a father and, you know, work kind of a nine to five desk job where I, being in construction, I do get outside from time to time, used to be full time outside, but um, just getting outside in general. I mean, some one of the favorite things I like to do outside, you know, get my family, take the dogs for a walk. Like that's highlight of my day every day. It's just that, you know, hour outside where you are just free from whatever distractions you are work phones off, you're just having one-on-one conversation kind of like you are now, and you're surrounded by the birds chirping, the leaves have been changing, I mean, that was just great in New England. We got the king of fall here, by the way. Yeah, please. This is the one please. free ad I'll give out. <laughs> Call him again, photography on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, at Call him again, get on that. Um, so he spends a lot of his time outdoors chasing Milky Way, Sunset, my personal favorite, Cows. Um, so check him out and um, you know, just kind of thinking our lives from looking back and all my memories. Like when I was outside, I was at my happiest, having the best time, let's regale the family together. Um, you know, whether it's walking in the woods, my dad clearing snowmobile trails, my grandfather. I mean, just anytime I was outside, I was having my best days. I think that's kind of why we're here now. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to you earlier about trying to come up with like a reason behind this podcast. <laughs> Like you listen to a lot of podcasts and they have like a motive or something that connects people. And I've been battling with it for like the last two weeks, ever since you brought up the idea to come up with something that really can connect people. And the redeeming factor of being able to be outside and like live outside those societal constructs of, all right, you got to go to work, you got to go do this, you got to watch TV and just experience nature experience just fresh air um and the amount of amazing amazing sights that you can see or experience and the animals that you can experience and just stuff like that i think is something that really needs to be honed in on um through 
a wide array of people. Like I'm friends with a ton of photographers and I mean, if you have a camera in your hand, most of the time you're going to be shooting outside um, unless you're doing inside stuff. So a lot of photographers are very, very, very fond of exploring and nature and hiking and stuff like that. In Austin, you have a hunting background. Um, very light hunting background. Light, light hunting background. It's, it's been in my family. I've been a big fan of hunting in the outdoor industry for a long time. Finally started hunting myself last year. Going to get Colin out there with me uh, this season, a couple of weeks, as we start our deer shotgun season here in Massachusetts. Um, but it's not only that. I mean, like you were saying, you know, your photographers are outside. We got you know, construction workers outside all the time. People that RV or live in an RV outside all the time. Uh, you know, just everyone, you know, people that love to hike, everyone has their own outdoor experiences. I think if we bring them all together and give them a chance to share their story, we'll be able to learn the benefits of being outside, um, what they get out of it, how they do it, and just hopefully get everyone else, shout out LL Bean, get outside, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, get out man. there and enjoy the great outdoors because. We live in a country where there's a massive amount of national parks, national forests, so many places. Unfortunately, we live in a state where there are none, but uh, so many places to get out there and enjoy yourself and enjoy your family. Because I think that's what it comes down to to me is every time I go outside, I'm with my family. Like I said before, it's the best time. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely, there's a lot of opportunity for outdoor activities in Massachusetts. Um, don't just. I, I was just have, saying national parks. Don't because, just have to have national parks. Oh, we have yellow. We have the Cape. Yellowstone has my heart. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, when I, I think of you know getting outside, yeah. I'm thinking I'm hiking up into the Tetons, Delta yeah. Lake, dodging grizzly bears, mule deer, all yeah. that. You know. Yeah, but I think that there's a very a very cool redeeming factor to being able to uh, enjoy the outdoors and completely just unplug from the worries of the day and stuff like that and Austin you touched on it with your walks I mean it it can be life can be stressful and I think for a lot of people the main connecting factor is being able to go outside and I really look forward to in the future having a lot of my friends a lot of Austin's friends a lot of our mutual friends on just to pick their brains on why they do what they do um where they go, where they go, like stuff like that. Um, and just the mindset of what pushes them to try to explore or try new things and stuff like that. I mean, there is unlimited amount of possibilities of places that you can go, things you can see. I mean, it's probably finite at some point, but you can never do everything in your life. And being able to share these type of experiences to people who are maybe curious or may never have the opportunity like i know a lot of people who will never pick up like say a rifle or a shotgun in their lives and just being able to hear okay why why do you do that and what do you get out of it maybe it might might interest someone in uh that kind of lifestyle or trying something for the first time all right so we've rambled for like seven and a half minutes now um but I guess we should probably introduce ourselves. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, um, I'm definitely going to try to push this out to the, the friends on social media. Uh, but my name's Colin. That's Austin. I think we said it at the beginning. I hope we did. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we may have covered that. I uh, hope so. But Austin, why don't you 
kick us off as to why you love the life outside. Yeah, and like I briefly interluded to earlier, uh, I'll started really young. Um, my father, grandfather, really lived their lives outside. You know, my grandfather was a carpenter, uh, doing finishing carpenting indoors, outdoors. Uh, my father has worked in the trades for 30 years as well. And then anytime I was hanging out with them or doing anything from burning brush to cutting snowmobile trails, snowmobiling, I learned to water ski at like four. Um, and that's always been one of the highlights of the summer is getting behind my grandfather's old wooden boat and, you know, being a part of a water, being a water skier that has now the fourth generation to ski behind that boat. Um, and enjoying the beautiful Wilmington Harriman Reservoir up there is just always one of the highlights of the summer. Um, and then also, you know, sports growing up. I mean, always outside playing baseball, yeah, kickball. Played, played Little League together. Um, right. Uh, wiffle ball. You know, I was very fortunate. I think I may be part of the last generation to just wake up, call their friends, go outside all day. I grew up in a neighborhood where there was four boys my age who all had brothers or siblings at the same age um, as my siblings and we would literally get outside yes we played video games we had tv but we go outside my backyard big beautiful backyard and play wiffle ball play kickball manhunt you know we had this game called the porch game where we'd run up and try and tag each other before we got on our stoop i mean <laughs> literally we just spend all days outside going for lunch, go back out, and it was literally like something from the 60s where your mom or grandmother would holler off the back porch, call you in for dinner, and if you wanted to go back out, you went back out, or you went back, sat on the computer, sat on the Xbox, and connected with each other, and I think we did that until we were like 16 and all like cars and jobs and stuff. Yeah, man, I, I think that, I mean, that's a lost art in itself. Like, you look at it now, you look at kids, like babies know how to operate an iPhone or an iPad and it's crazy, but yeah, like growing up like that, playing outside, it's, it, it definitely shaped a lot of us, I think, um, into what our likes and dislikes were. I mean, we definitely went through the phase where we were playing like Call of Duty all the time. Um, and yeah, but I think we did that at reasonable Call of Duty hours, whereas yeah, kids from nowadays, like, from what I understand, yeah, from like my, my son's only 10 months old, but from like, you know, 8 p.m. to midnight or like from, you know, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. The next thing you know, it's a beautiful day and we're outside chasing each other around like madmen or riding our bikes all over town, climbing on top of the high school, you know, doing just you know, stupid kid stuff. But at the same time, we were outdoors and outdoors and enjoying each other's company. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's crazy. It's definitely a lost art. But hopefully, with the rise of social media and all that stuff, I feel like, I mean, it's got its pluses and minuses. Um, obviously, people are encouraged to explore the outdoors. I mean, you don't see an Instagram influencer that hasn't been to Yellowstone or uh, Zion or like Yosemite. Um, but it's yeah there, there's something about being outside exploring nature and especially when it's want you alone in nature or you with some of your closest friends or family uh experiencing that that great outdoors that great fresh air and the ability to just like lose track of time but also 
keep track of it by doing something fun and productive. Um, yeah, even so. I mean, even if you're at a Pats game, slugging beers with the boys, like it's still <laughs> great to be outside in that atmosphere. I mean, I know when I went to the uh, women's soccer team, the women's national team game, you know, sending off the Olympics this year was my first time around 30,000 people in the COVID era, but I knew I was safe outside because it just really doesn't spread outside. I mean, I'm, you know, packed stadium, 35,000 people, no one's wearing a mask. I couldn't have felt safer because <laughs> I was outside, beautiful sunny day and just enjoying myself. It was amazing. There's nothing better. Yeah. So what do you do for work? If you, if you don't mind getting into that. Like... Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm a health and safety professional for a construction company. Um, I did choose the construction industry because I enjoyed being outside. I started off in the uh, manufacturing field, uh, had a couple mishaps for manufacturing. Now, I didn't have any mishaps, but the companies I worked for where they didn't offer me a job or uh, didn't have a good safety culture that I fit into. Um, so my senior college took an internship building wind turbines, which was pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. And it was in a beautiful place that I was very fond of to begin with in Wilmington, Vermont. So uh, being able to drive up there every day and then go on the construction site, meet construction workers, you know, support blue collar would definitely be a big support blue collar podcast because those guys are always outside and um, learn the trades. You know, I got to climb wind turbines and learn about the electrical uh, power grid and stuff like that, which Kind of brought me to where I'm at now, working for a small utility subcontractor based out of Northampton, and I've traveled working, you know, a lot of windshield time, but also a lot of on-site time in all the New England states, and it's been awesome. You know, I learned how to climb trees, use a chainsaw, cut trees while in them with a chainsaw, um, so uh, that's kind of what I've been up to, just doing the health and safety side of that business, and I love it. Yeah, um, me, myself, Austin mentioned it earlier with the no free ads, free ad. Uh, I'm a photographer. Uh, that's my that's my hobby, my, my side passion, or I should say my main passion. Um, so any free time that I have, I'm typically, unless I'm hanging out with Austin drinking beer, uh, I am mostly outside. Um, chasing waterfalls, chasing the Milky Way, shooting Wait, hold stars. On, hold on, hold on. You like took the photography game by storm. Don't don't you know? Yeah, you you can fluff your feathers a little bit. It's all right because it was like what two years a ago. Ye- two years two ago. Years. This man's pointing out this asteroid in my backyard. What, what was that called? Neowise, oh, ne- yeah, yeah. Neowise or something the like that. And um, I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, well, I got this app on my phone. Next thing I know, he's posting Milky Way pictures on Instagram, like some superstar, and they just keep getting better and better. And now my house is going to be filled with his pictures here once this calendar drops again. Um, so, but you know, what got you into photography, though? Because all, it kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah, man. What I remember. Uh, yeah, so I went through a, a pretty pretty low time uh, in my life. Went through breakup. I was kind of lost because I was finishing up school, um, working full time. And I was like, all right, when I'm done with school, what the hell am I going to do with my time? Um, I booked a trip to San Diego, California. And with that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a camera just because, I I mean, I had always wanted to do something creative, but I didn't know what. So I got a camera, um, basic entry level DSLR. 
And from then on, I think I was like obsessed. There's something about having a camera in my hands that really gets me like fired up and excited. Um, I definitely go through the lulls where I don't want to be doing anything shooting and stuff like that. But pretty much from then on, um, spending a lot of time outside and then a lot of late nights while I'm continuously shooting something outside, editing photos and and connecting with other people. Um, so yeah, I went to San Diego. I was the first time on the West Coast, or I should say first first solo trip anywhere. Um, first time to the West Coast solo. Uh, I went when I was way younger for, for some school event thing. Um, but pretty much went out there and just enjoyed the beautiful city of San Diego. I mean, San Diego is great. You've been Austin. You you love it. Love and, Sam Diego. <laughs> uh, we uh, there. I just I just went out there with no expectations, no plan, um, and pretty much just went with the flow. Uh, I stayed in an area called Ocean Beach. Hung out by the ocean a bunch. Uh, I went visited Torrey Pines State Park, which is an incredible area. Must um, go. The Must coast go. of southern california can't be beat the weather out there is insane so yeah i picked up a camera for that trip um and then i came back and was just obsessed with going out shooting uh at the time i was living in worcester which is not very conducive to my astro definitely (laughs) not a pro astro or um night sky place yeah yeah so i was driving anywhere between they're definitely not ida certified hour and a half um away from Worcester some nights to go shoot, <laughs> try to shoot the Milky Way in the middle of the winter, which I didn't realize that the core doesn't show up year round. So this was a, a good learning experience, um, but quickly became obsessed with just shooting everything outside. Like, I mean, I think one of my big passions, obviously shooting at night with the stars, just cause it puts a lot of stuff in perspective, but then like nothing beats a crazy waterfall or being face to face with a grizzly bear or a fox or stuff like that. Like there is, there's something next level about being able to be in these situations that you may never be able to replicate ever again. And that's the one thing I like about photography is, um, you can capture a scene and you can go back to the same spot a hundred times and I've hundred percent done that. And I got to stop saying a hundred percent, but hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, but you really can't ever replicate the experience that you're in. Um, so yeah, I'm a photographer. That's my my side hustle, my my passion, my my life's calling, I guess. Uh, maybe maybe you can add podcaster to the mix after this. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, and otherwise, I have a nine to five, but not nine to five, twelve to eight <laughs> job. Um, I work. For the state, uh, I do investigations at the casinos, so it's definitely an inside inside job. Uh, it's not the life outside. I spend a lot of my free time away from being inside, so I I tend to tend to fall away <laughs> into these uh, outside moments, and definitely look forward to the next time that I can go out exploring or connecting with people through through nature and stuff like that. So, you brought up a good point, or something I want to make a point. Outside at night versus outside during the day, two completely different worlds. I don't know if it's human nature or our instincts, but 
While I'm in the quiet of the woods in the early morning hours, a squirrel sounds like a grizzly bear. That has got to be magnified by 10,000% when you're alone, staring at your camera, or whatever you're doing when you're shooting Astro at night. How terrifying is it when you're out there on your own in the dark? Honestly, not too bad. I mean, noises definitely sketch you out, but thankfully, like, New England, there's really not anything that, like, I'm afraid of animal-wise. Like, I think I would be most worried about, like, a skunk running up on me. Um, black bears, they're, they're so, like, aware of their surroundings that they're going to stay far away from you. They're not... They're not inquisitive. Foxes are very calm. Coyotes, even they're very they're very docile. Like we rarely have. There's rarely any coyote attacks, and that's usually from people being assholes and starting stuff with coyotes. Like, so being in New England, I'm definitely not too afraid of like wildlife. Um, I feel like the biggest threat is definitely like yourself and not being prepared or not knowing your surroundings and stuff like that. Like if you get hurt on a trail at night it can be difficult to find find your way out um so you gotta you gotta be hyper aware of your surroundings um daytime's the same way though like you can be in a risky situation just as much in the day as as at night like i've seen as much wildlife during the daytime hours that i have at night um and even in closer probably more dangerous scenarios than than at night like don't get me wrong when i was in the tetons or yellowstone i was scared shitless when it was dark out because if you can't see what's coming at you and they're quiet and they're like you have wolves they're fast and they're stronger than anything we got out here like they're one bite killers well that like i mean yeah you out there you have wolves you have grizzly bears mountain lions mountain lions you got all these crazy crazy animals that all of a sudden can jump on you yeah, I was scared then. Um, I think if I was out there regularly, it, I probably wouldn't be as worried. Uh, mm-hmm. But just being in that environment for the first time with these possible threats. I mean, overall, I think wildlife is is definitely, like, I feel like most wildlife doesn't want to mess with you. Because they're as curious about you as you are about them, um, for the most part. If you have a reason for, say, a grizzly bear to attack you, then you will, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> if you have a grizzly bear wanting to attack you, then you're kind of done, like, no matter no matter what you're doing. But it's it's definitely, I mean, I, I, I'm really not too afraid at night. Like, most of the time, I'm out at night. I prepare heavily. I'll hike a trail during the day to know where I'm going, know what I'm doing. Um, cell phone service. Most of the time in the, on the East Coast, you have it. Uh, out West, you definitely don't. Um, but even then, there, there's there's a lot of safety nets. There's a great app, uh, All Trails, which you can have like GPS without cell service, which is That's great. awesome. That's uh, cool. And then even Google Maps. Like if you download, you can go on and download local maps on Google Maps. Um, so you always have a way to find safety for the most part, I think. Um, so night versus day, like, yeah, night is definitely sketchier. I think a lot of people are afraid of the night. I think this, it is human nature. Like, I mean, you look at lights and we have to light everything up because we're afraid of what could be in the darkness. But really, 
darkness is probably more safe than, than the daytime that's a bold statement. I, I, a, a very bold. I mean, but as someone that spends a lot of time alone in the dark, I guess you could say that. Um, do you know the difference between all three bears and how to protect yourself from them? Um, to be honest with you, not not too much of a difference. Other than it, it, it's real. It's real simple. This is gonna save your life one day. Black, fight back. Brown, stay down. White. Say goodnight, because you ain't getting up on that. He <laughs> comes near you. <laughs> well, I, as much as I want to see polar bears, I don't know uh, how many of those I'm going to encounter in, in continental U.S. Other, I mean, last year, way up in Canada or Alaska. We have a contact in Alaska now. We're going to definitely make make our way up there eventually. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to have to happen. I was actually just looking at flights to Alaska the other day. Because, like, I'm at the point now where I'm seeing a ton of images of the Aurora Borealis come in. And because it's, it's getting to that, that time of year where the sun is acting heavily. It's super dark up in Iceland and in, in northern Canada. Um, even, like, what was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago, there was strong enough of uh, solar flare that they got northern lights in, in like Goshen Mass, which is super low. Um, really, definitely disappointed that I didn't. Are you sure that. those pictures aren't edited? No, they're they're legit. It it's crazy. Goshen. Yeah, which but, is, I mean it's right over here. It's in, uh, over by Asheville. Yeah, like yep. ten minutes from here. Yeah, yeah. So it's where were we? I was I was actually in the whites, uh, fall foliage. <laughs> The um, king of fall again. The king of fall. Yeah, okay, but um, yeah. So I was just looking at Alaska or Iceland. Uh, I'm weighing my options heavily for both of them. We'll see what happens. See if I have enough time off to do to do that. Because right now I'm like dead set on getting back to Wyoming. Maybe twice this year. We'll see. I don't know. Um, don't make me jealous don't (laughs) make me jealous i want to see i want to see wyoming when the bears come out of hibernation again because i mean you can't beat grizzly bears in yellowstone and i also want to see the elk and moose rut because i really (laughs) i don't think there's anything better than seeing some some teed up elk and and moose going september and october are definitely my favorite instagram months when all my hunting people i follow just elk rut crazy elk season starts in early september for archery and rifle and it's just amazing beautiful animals yeah. incredible up close literally like small houses walking around with freaking antlers as wide as my car just doing whatever they want to do and chasing the cows man chasing the cows it tanks it tanks yeah so that's that's pretty much my photography journey uh night versus day i mean dang, dude that's that is tough like what's better they they both have their plus and minuses i mean you can do so much more during the day i mean i mean as a photographer the only thing you can really do at night is shoot stars um for the most part but daytime man it's there's so much landscape wildlife it's a good time yeah you actually um got me thinking here as far as preparation you said 
Uh, you know, you try to prepare differently when you go out at night or when you're hiking on trails and stuff. Do you have or do you carry with you a go bag? A go bag? I don't. Like, see, uh, see. in case shit happens or whatever is going on, are you prepared for it? Because See, this is why I got to bring you on staff with Colin McGann Photography because um, I am not safe at all. Like, I, I, I'm really just there. <laughs> it, it's bad. I'm going to get myself into trouble one day. Knock on wood. I'm going to go grab my backpack yep. that I carry just in my truck for work. Okay. I mean, a lot of it comes from, you know, the safety nerd background. When I was in college, we had a professor that talked about a go bag and how important it is. But also, I use my work bag as my hunting bag. It's a great backpack. Um, and I kind of just left it from last hunting season, but also working around chainsaws and stuff. And I try to be a little more prepared. But I'm going to have the essentials in there for you, especially for someone hiking on trails and whatever. Um, I think I can actually just remember off the top, but I know they're in there. You have a fire or a, no a heat blanket, fire blanket, whatever they call those. Um, tourniquet, gauze, and scissors. Shout out my boy Chiggs. I hope you listen to this because he's a huge TQ guy, huge tourniquet guy. Um, I also have a life straw, someone that's chasing waterfalls and streams. Never know how remote you're going to get. If you drink too much beer, not have enough water, something I could see you doing because I know you love your IPAs. Um, compass, headlamp, another flashlight, knife. I also have um, rubber gloves, like you know, latex type gloves in case, you know, for whatever reason, someone else is incapacitated, you got to help them out. Um, being trained first aid CPR, I'm always the one to help out our people. Got to keep everyone nice and healthy out there. Um, a couple plastic bags just in case, you know, you're walking through a stream or you fall into something or whatever and you got to dry, get something clean or dry something off. Or you want to pick up trash, leave no trace. Either pick up trash. Yeah. I'm talking like Ziploc bags. Mm-hmm. You want to protect oh, something yeah. from the, uh, yeah. elements, you know, all of a sudden it starts downpouring, you know, your phone's in your pocket, your rain jacket's soaking through, dump your phone in there. Or if you're gutting the deer and you want to take the heart and keep it safe or the liver you know that, that's kind of why those are in there too um and then i'm also trying to think bear spray when you're in the mountains i know you're a big bear spray guy you know we're not that yeah, stupid not that stupid i was actually I didn't have them i didn't have bear spray when i was in Wyoming last time really yeah um yeah so you really just yeah, wing it out there, there. Yeah, I, I raw dogged it. <laughs> so, uh, if, wait, if you don't have bear spray in Wyoming, you literally have probably one out of the things I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and no, you're... So, so out there I had a, a headlamp, a flashlight, uh, some hand warmers. Yeah, um, hand and foot warmers are key too. Um, uh, I will start putting them in the truck now or my bag now, but... But yeah. But I, that, that's only when you know you're doing stuff at yeah, night. Like, this a, is on me 100% I, of time. I didn't, I didn't have a knife. Uh, which I should have. I, I, to be honest with you out there, I didn't roam too far away from, not civilization, but somewhat safety. Um, probably one situation where at night walked like a mile away from the car, but definitely was at <laughs> night in May when the bears are waking up. Yeah, it was the worst decision. And they're starving. Photo was great though. Uh, and you. Our dinner. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> nice next, midnight Colin snack. Next time. Well, so the problem is, is bear spray is so damn expensive out there. I mean, it's worth it. It's... But it's... It's 30 six, bucks a can. I mean... It's $65 a can out there. 
So at least that's that's what I was looking at. I I think I messed up. I didn't do the whole. All right. You could have bought it here and checked it too, though. No, you can't check bear spray. You can't. Yeah. No. Really. Really. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thankfully, when we went, our we rental car place got us some for free, and uh, our friend Luke, who lives out there, who will eventually be on this, um, hooked us up and gave us a can, too. So, at least one of us always had it. Um, we didn't get too close to any bears, but, I mean, we were from me to you away, which is probably like three and a half feet from a mule deer, which was just crazy. To we see. were also out there when they were fat, and, and they were yeah. to go to bed. Yeah, true, true. We saw some bears, but it was like Cross River and Yellowstone, yeah. nothing too close. Uh, but always had to be prepared, which is yeah, really something I will get you trained up on. So, yeah, that's that's why I brought you on here. <laughs> Especially doing solo <laughs> trips, just raw dogging no, it. Oh, yeah. So, I'll get some bear spray. I got, I got to. Maybe carry, who knows. You're allowed to carry in Yellowstone. You know that? Allowed to carry. As long as you have a license to carry. Which I think the Utah... You really need a license to carry in Wyoming? Well, probably not, to be honest with you. But transporting and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. you do. I think the... I want to say the Utah or the New Hampshire covers Wyoming. So, food for thought. Anyone going out west? Moving to New Hampshire? Stuff like that. No, but you can get those out of state, too. That's so, legit. <laughs> which is crazy. Um, I think New Hampshire covers like 30 states. Utah covers like 40 or something like that. Obviously, states like Massachusetts or California are well, really strict. Mass is reciprocal in 25 states that aren't near Massachusetts. So that's yeah. that's great. Yeah. 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 So even though I live in the middle of Massachusetts, <laughs> literally 30 miles north, I'm in Vermont, New Hampshire. 30 miles south, I'm in Connecticut. Uh, it's kind of BS as far as I'm concerned that I can't carry any of those states. I'm not a big carry guy anyway, but. I can if I need to. Um, I would be in my go bag if I could go other places and carry. But that's something my teacher in college really stressed is making sure you have a firearm. Because if shit hits the fan, you want to make sure you have some firepower just in case. It's crazy you say that about college. Because I feel like most professors are like anti-gun nuts. But I mean, not nuts. But yeah. I feel I, 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 I've had my LTC since, what, 2017, I still mm-hmm. don't have a gun, which is pretty bad. Uh, I should definitely get something. I'm thinking about it. Um, but definitely add on one of those other other like blanket ones, like Utah. I, I want to say it's Utah and in New Hampshire. It, they cover, you don't have to be an in-state resident, and they cover like a lot of stuff that the Massachusetts LTC doesn't, I think, including like Connecticut, which is crazy. But enough gun talk. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, life outside, man, it's... It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. And I know it's a broad topic, and we could really hit any angle with this, but I think that the overarching theme is just what connects people to living outside and living for the outside and, and stuff like that. Like, I feel like... A lot of us in today's day and age, we have these jobs that take a lot of time or we have other, other responsibilities that take a lot of time, but the small things that like bring us so much joy that make everything else worth it. Like I can tell you right now that if I have to work for the next month straight, but then I get to take like 
a week and a half and go into Yellowstone and chase grizzly bears, that's going to cover me for at least three weeks after that. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, I get what you're saying because even you know this fall, my wife and I volunteered to coach uh, third and fourth grade soccer team. Just getting outside and moving for that, you know, what was it, six hours a week with two two-hour practices and then two hours on game day and, you know, getting a soccer ball out my feet. I hadn't touched a soccer ball in like a year and a half, like since pre-COVID. Um, a long time. Yeah, yeah, you know, COVID happened. Yeah, anyway, life happened. <laughs> um, but just being able – Yeah, yeah, my son. Um, but being able to play soccer with the kids, you know, teach the kids how to play soccer and be outside for that guaranteed, you know, six hours a week. It like really breaks the week up when you do some, you know, extended outside time during the middle of your work week. It makes it just so much better. I mean, and it was so rewarding watching those kids grow and also being able to coach and win some games. I mean, whether you like it or not, win or lose, you'd rather be a winner. So uh, I felt like a winner in two ways, being able to enjoy some time outside and make some new relationships with the kids, parents, give back to my community. That was yeah. just awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think our plan going forward, um, we're going to try to connect with people in just different walks of life. Like, I, I mean, I said earlier that a bunch of photographer friends that I'd love to talk to on their outlook of the outdoors. Um some hunters, fishermen, hikers. Like we have some friends who are some extreme outdoor athletes. You mentioned Luke earlier out in Wyoming, his girlfriend, Katie. Uh, Adam. Adam. Adam who's just like. <laughs> yeah. We definitely have a, a solid crew of people that we can pick their minds on why they like the life outside. And especially a lot of people who a majority of their time is spent outside like i think even just the whole relationship aspect that you can build with people being outside like i have so many friends now that when i see them it's the best because we're just golfing i mean golf is a big part of our outside life in the summer yeah especially during covid it was like the only thing i could do safely and see my friends safely socially see my friends catch up um hit the links we're not really good but we're not bad so you know it's always fun we're never gonna be good but it's just hanging out with the boys having a couple beers going for a nice two three four five six mile walk or you know however many holes you're playing um you know we played mount snow in the fall oh man i'm so unreal the foliage was it wasn't like quite peak but i just having a nice sunny day with three of your best friends hanging out outside dare i say <laughs> um, <laughs> you know chase, chasing the little white ball around and acting like you know what you're doing you know it was just awesome and that's really probably how i spend a majority of time with my friends now so is right. hitting the golf course oh yeah, yeah you, know? Definitely. you know even if it's two hours a week or you know you play 18 on saturday and the wife gets pissed at you but you know you had a blast and you hung out with your friends which you got to make time for regardless of what part of life you're at, you know, making time to see the boys and reconnect and whatnot. Um, it's just awesome. Yeah. So for all of you who have made it this 40 minutes almost, thank you for listening. Um, we definitely have some ideas. If you guys have any ideas for what we should be doing <laughs> with this show, let us know. Send me a DM on Instagram, Colin underscore McGann. I'll have it linked in the 
the caption or the bio or whatever of this this episode. Um, definitely going to be reaching out to hopefully some of you uh, to have on the show. And until next time, get outside, go explore, have a good time. Build some relationships with the friends. Enjoy whatever sun is left if you get out of work on a decent time. I know it's a struggle for me. Um, and yeah, get out there. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace.